We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. All right. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Butting Heads Podcast, part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Ah, I'm Steve Rivera here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, it's Thanksgiving week, so the annual Live from My Parents' Basement podcast. Uh, having a celebratory glass of wine here because this Sunday we got to see a rare Los Angeles Rams victory. Johnny, how are you doing, man? You know, um, I, I kind of want a glass of wine with Steve because, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how many more of these uh, victories we're going to see. But it was still a nice victory over a pretty decent team, you know? Yeah, the Rams beat the 6-3, and three, now 6-4 and four Seattle Seahawks. They swept the Seahawks on the year. They are 3-1 and one in the division going up against a 2-9 and nine Cardinals team next week. And, you know, if that was it, we'd be feeling great <laughs> if, if, we just, if there were no other stats beyond that. Yeah, but uh, as you and I both know, yeah, that doesn't even scratch the surface of what we're facing. Let let me ask you this, because you texted me this, and I honestly think I forgot to respond, and I'm sorry. A lot of people were mad that the Rams won this game. It was very split on Twitter uh, between people who want them to bottom out and get a high draft pick, or people who either think they should just win games and could get to the playoffs. How are you feeling? Were you happy when Jason Myers, whose name I hope that is, is the Seattle kicker, missed that game-winning field goal? Or were you sad? I don't want to be that guy that, you know, basically says, I wanted my team to lose, even though you clearly didn't want them to lose. But at the same time, there is a little bit of logic to that thought process. Now, 
the other side to that coin is do you really want to pay money for a team to bomb um, each game? I mean, why go then? So in that aspect, I would say I don't want them to bomb, but I ain't, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't have been upset if the Rams ended up losing the game because, yeah, now if the season were to end now, they would have the 13th overall pick, which yeah. is huge difference from the seventh overall the previous week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough because – I, I will never root against them to lose to the Seahawks. You know, uh, it is a delightful feeling. And as we've, we've you know, we've snip-snapped on this a little bit because it's the Rams, and we're going to change our opinions every week about how I feel about the team, depending on if they win or lose. Um, but the playoffs aren't out of reach. It's a long shot because we're sitting here two games behind the Seahawks and the Vikings, but if the Seahawks struggle and you look at their schedule next couple of weeks, 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. You look at the Rams schedule, Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, Commanders. So if the Rams go three and one and the Seahawks go one and three, we're in the playoffs with a couple games remaining. Uh, and so it's like, I, I think, you know, uh, uh, there is there a piece of me that was like, oh, would have been nice to lose that game? Yeah, there is. But I'm not mad. And I, like, I just, I, I it's just like the Godfather Part 3, like just when they thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Because the, the playoffs are within shouting distance. The Cardinals are bad. The Commanders are bad. We still play the Giants. Like, it's unlikely, but it's not impossible. Uh, but still, like, the team we saw play on Sunday is a team that won a wonky game against a division rival who for some reason is incapable of beating us uh, and probably not a playoff team, but you take care of business against the Cardinals next week. You're five and six. You're not that far out. I don't know. I mean, you're not wrong. You're really not. And, And the truth is it is very doable still. But it is kind of a tall pecking order still because you, you there's still a lot of what ifs, you know. We we did sweep the uh, the series with the Seahawks, but that's not to say that the Seahawks are a terrible team. It's just that for whatever reason we're their kryptonite, and and that just it happens, you know. There's somehow teams are matched better against other teams, even if they're not that great. So um, that being said, I do think that there's a lot that needs to be done in order for the Rams to make the playoffs. But I do think it's a step in the right direction and hope that the, uh, you know, the addition of a few players uh, bringing them back from injury will, um, help things along. 
Yeah, and we'll talk about them in a bit. And it's like, I think the Rams are a lot closer to the Vikings and Seahawks than they are to the Panthers and Bears and Giants. And so, even though the Giants won this week, uh, and they they play the Patriots next week, so they could have a pretty similar record to us after Sunday uh, if we fumble the bag against the Cardinals, who I didn't even mention were also in that mix. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough, and like I get rooting for the team to lose. Like I get wanting to tank, but I I just they're not bad enough to get that high of a pick. And no, like I, I I'm fine with them trying. I, I'm fine with them trying. Um, it would be great to pick like six, but I'm I I'm not gonna be mad that they beat the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the thing, too, is this is going to be really something. And I know some some people might be a little bit questioning as to why Steve and I keep talking about, you know, draft talk when it's still the middle of the season. But it's very relevant. Four and six. We can't not we can't avoid it. You can't. Because this is going to be a very relevant topic for 2024. And I realize that we're still in 2023. But this is going to be huge because this is the first first-round pick that the Rams have had since, what, Goff? Yes. Yeah. Got Jared Goff was the last wow. first-round pick they made. The last time they entered a draft with the first-round pick was... 2018 they had the 31st pick but they ended up moving all the way back to like 62 to take Taylor Rapp or like something outrageous they traded back like four times yeah they did and uh, and that's not to say that that can't happen this time around depending on how the season finishes I wouldn't put it past less need but um you know the fact that they could very well end up with a top 15 pick that's incredible you know that that can be very very valuable and depending on you know how the pieces fall the rams will end up with the top tier player just depending on which way they move they could even uh they could end up trading up to get their player now will they trade up to get you know caleb williams drake may Probably not. That's probably going to be way without a budget. But uh, yeah, I I think overall, I this is going to be really really interesting how the season finishes up. And I kind of like the idea of just checking in like where their draft status is. Um, as as I mentioned earlier, thirteenth pick at the moment. Um, and honestly, the Rams could still have some really good players there. I've seen uh, some uh, some people mock uh, having like uh, Alt uh, Joe Alt from Notre Dame, the offensive tackle, which I would absolutely love. We definitely need a left tackle and definitely someone for the future because Joe Nopum and uh, yeah, he's probably not going to be the answer. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> he didn't even play this week, right? Uh, but he was active. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think so. Oh, he was inactive. He was he injured? No, no, no. He he was active. I think. Yeah, he just didn't play. Just he just didn't play. Great. 
Uh, we mentioned this last week. Fifteen million in dead cap to save five million dollars next year if you cut him. He he's getting cut, uh, which is a bummer that it didn't work out. But I, I do want to talk a little bit about less need contracts later in the show. I don't want to start with that. Uh, why don't we start with the positives from the seventeen to sixteen win? Um, and there's a lot of negatives in this game, which is crazy to say about beating a team with basically double your win total. But on the positive side, man, a really, really great game from the defense who just apparently owns Geno Smith this season. Um, they, they stuck it out the whole game. Not the best performance on that final drive, but, uh, Besides that drive, a, a really, really solid second half. I mean, it, it wasn't a great first half. The Seahawks scored every time they touched the ball on their three drives, and they were lengthy, long drives. But they held them to field goals twice. That ended up working out in the second half. Uh, they really had their number except for one drive. Uh, and then in the end drive where you know it's it's a shorter field, but a good, a, a a really really impressive game from them, and I think we owe a big shout out to Darian Kendrick, who made a really crucial inter. Well, <laughs> I guess it didn't end up being that crucial of an interception because he got called for taunting, and uh, <laughs> it basically ended up being a punt, but. Let's just say at least really great coverage in one on one against Tyler Lockett uh, to kind of get the Ram, well, literally get the Rams the ball back with the interception. But even if he just deflected it, uh, getting the Rams the ball back. Uh, a guy who was benched has been horrible this year, who we've talked a lot of shit about. It was nice to see him have a, uh, a, a, a real bounce back game. You know, he was not bad the whole time he was out there. It was a bounce back game because you have to take a look at it like this. He just was covering Tyler Lockett and got a uh, an interception. And while maybe Tyler Lockett is an elite wide receiver, he's certainly better than average and is a lot faster than Darian Kendrick. So the fact that he could get an interception over uh, Lockett, I, I think that's a huge win for him. And uh, yeah, um, again, I, I do think Darian Kendrick is someone to keep on a roster. I just don't think he's a starter. Yeah, and, and if he can come in and do this uh, when called upon uh, uh, to to fill in for Kobe Durant, who didn't play, it, it, was, a, it was really nice to see. Would I have liked to see Trey Tomlinson play a second of football in this game. Yeah, I think I think you actually mentioned after uh, after one of the touchdowns, you were like, "Well, at least Trey Tomlinson's out there," but he wasn't actually out there. I think he just came on for the extra point, <laughs> and we got excited. Hey, it, it's it's something, man. Because I I don't know if anyone's also looking out for this notice, like the camera after that touchdown. Uh, it was a DK Metcalf touchdown. I don't remember who was guarding him, but there was like a long break before the extra point. And for some reason, the camera like held on Trey Tomlinson for a second. 
and so it looked like he was on the field, but like he wasn't on the field. It was the cameraman trying to tell Sean McVay, "You have other options. Please use them." <laughs> but I mean, hey, in in this game, uh, I would say it more or less worked out. John Johnson also played a lot in this game. He looked did okay. Yeah, ish. Ish, yeah. He didn't grade well, very well on Pro Football Focus. Nah, and really, there were moments. I, I think what it was is there was moments where uh, John Johnson looked like he was getting back into a rhythm, and then it would be just him there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, it, it is good to see him back out there. I hope that maybe a little bit more playing time and he can somewhat get back to what he was, but uh, I think that might be wishful thinking. Yeah, they were running some four safety sets in this game. Not much, but, like, that was a thing that happened. So, you know, it was, it was cool to see them switching it up a little bit. And, yeah, it, I'm at least glad that John Johnson got to be on the field. Hold that thought, guys. Let's take a minute and talk about prize picks. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know how we feel about prize picks. It is our favorite daily fantasy football app, daily any sport, really. But unlike regular daily fantasy football, you're not like dealing with contracts and salaries and all that mumbo jumbo. You are just getting spreads with more or less yards, and you just got to pick if you think a player will get more than the stat listed or less. And if you've been waiting to sign up for prize picks, they have an unbelievable Thanksgiving deal right now. If you haven't, if you, if you've signed up, hop on and get this deal up until kickoff of Thursday night of the Seattle Seahawks and San Francisco 49ers game. You can get Christian McCaffrey. His rushing plus receiving yards line is half a yard. So if you hop into prize picks, up until kickoff of that game and make your selections, and you include Christian McCaffrey, all he has to do is get one yard, and you're already well on your way to winning big money. Uh, if you don't know how prize picks works, you just pick a couple of these spreads, and you're going against yourself. So if all four or five or six of your picks hit, you're going to win some money. The more picks you hit, the more money you're going to win. But if you do six picks and only five of them hit, you're still going to walk away with some money. Now, uh, I, I am just checking through the app right now, and obviously that that is my favorite deal of the week, but you've got <laughs> C.J. Stroud is high. You can get 275.5 yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which could be a shootout. I like that line. Or you can get Aiden O'Connell, 212.5 yards against the Chiefs. We all know he's not hitting that, so you can take the under there. I, there's just... So many fun props, so many fun uh, ways you can get into the action on this. If you think Travis Kelsey or Derrick Henry is going to score a touchdown this week, those lines are just half a touchdown. So all they have to do is hit one. Uh, and best of all, if you sign up for prize picks and use our promo code RAMSTALK, that's no spaces, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K, or just go to prizepicks.com slash RAMSTALK, you're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. So what's that mean? If you put in $100, you're going to have $200 of prize picks cash to play with. That's prizepicks.com slash Ramstock. 
back to the show. But anyone else you wanted to shout out defensively before we get to offense? Uh, It was nice seeing Bobby Brown out there. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, I mean, he came back from injury, and uh, I I think that it's kind of nice. And I think it it was, you know, partially helpful uh, to have a true nose tackle out there. He may not be, you know, a great games or anything, but he's certainly a a serviceable guy. And I think we've seen kind of the, uh, you know, repercussions of having a true nose tackle. Kobe, uh, Kobe Turner did his uh, his thing, but he was playing out of position. And, uh, yeah, he, he's not a nose tackle. He's way too small to be one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, shout out to him because uh, during Bobby Brown's absence, he, he did a hell of a job. And, you know, evidence of, you know, having this defensive line at least somewhat closer intact is uh, Aaron Donald just destroying um, – Geno Smith, dude. <laughs> yeah, whoa. man. I felt bad for Geno Smith on that hit. Holy shit, I felt that. It's it's Thanksgiving season, and I'm happy, or I'm thankful, that we have Aaron Donald because that man is incredible. Yeah, and pretty much the reason why we won that game because, Steve, I, I have to ask, if – Geno Smith plays the entire game. Do the Seahawks win this game? <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, because he came in on that last drive and kind of he did brought it back. Yeah, because the, the interception, as much as we gave Kendrick credit for, was a bad throw. Um, a great play by Kendrick, but a bad throw. You know, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not ready to say, even though I just did, that they definitively win, but, like, that was a break for us. But the defense was playing pretty well before uh, Locke came in anyways. And I think, I don't know, this, if I'm a Seahawks fan, I can't blame the game on that because they were doing everything in their power not to win. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It it just felt like a game that they like they. I it felt like a game they should have blown us out, and it's kind of crazy they didn't. I think I mentioned before, uh, you know, holding them to two field goals in the first half instead of three touchdowns. That's the game right there. We only scored seventeen points. Uh, it was a game that I I'm not going to discredit the Rams for winning, but certainly a game that they lost versus us winning, right? Is that crazy to say? No, not not at all because uh, I, I think it was a very winnable game for the Seahawks and uh, they, they uh, you know, had, of course, some setbacks. But even before those setbacks, they could have, I mean, they should have really murdered us and didn't. <laughs> and I'm entirely grateful. And it was it was a nice slip of karma for us after kind of being on the other side of this against the Bengals and against the Steelers and uh, kind of against the Packers, but like we played so bad in that game that we really did not deserve to win. Um, no, nope. but I do want to talk about the offense 
And this was a weird game for the Rams offense. This was uh felt kind of bizarre. Uh early on they go out on on downs on the goal line. They only got up there because of a bunch of penalties. You know, they had first and goal from the five and and didn't score. They had a ton of three and outs. Uh maybe not a ton. They had a couple three and outs. Um and then kind of just got it together right at the end <laughs> which was which was nice to see but I don't know man it's one of those things like Cooper Cup gets injured and, and it's like they they remember how to play football uh which you know why why can't we get creative when he's out there I I I don't understand it and they this is a game that saw Austin Trammell had six targets. It's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Is that bad? Is that good? It's just like, I don't really understand that logic. Um, because you're finally doing some interesting shit when your best player goes off the field. And, you know, we could we could litigate Sean McVay's coaching decisions when it comes to throwing the ball twice on the goal line down two. Uh, but... I don't know. It, this offense is so weird, and and I'm glad they they put they got their shit together for those final two drives. And when it mattered, you know, down sixteen, down two scores in the fourth quarter is it's a big deal to win this game. But like, if the offense played better, <laughs> we would have won by a couple a couple more points. Yeah, you're you're not wrong there. Um... And it is kind of an interesting concern for for the Cooper Cups uh, situation because I you know ever since this injury that he came back from, he hasn't looked like the same Cooper Cup that we saw last year. He and it's you know been kind of that thing where it's like. Is it Cooper Cup? Is it Matt Stafford? Is it a combination? Is it the play calling? Um, and I don't know if you can really defend Cooper Cup anymore. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's been terrible because he's had, you know, at least one game where he looked, you know, okay or at least decent. Um, but ever since he came back from injury, it just, you know, there is – something is not sinking between him and Stafford. And I just, I don't understand why. And I, I wonder if it's partially both because Stafford seems to sink well with Puka Nakua. Just saying. <laughs> well, so what's your thought on the, you know, we had the free play in the first quarter. Cooper cup was wide open and he ends up dropping it, but, there's a debate on whether he should have caught it or if Stafford should have made a better pass. And I'm curious where you stood on that play. It's both, to be honest. So Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, it, it is. It really is both because uh, if you really go back to that play, it wasn't as though Stafford wasn't pressured. You know, 
he was actually getting away from defenders. He stepped into the pocket, and I think he didn't release it as well as he would have liked. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was not where he wanted it to go. Sucks, but it happens. Cup, on the other hand, you know, um, while it wasn't directly at him, it was in his hands, you know? It, it, it wasn't an easy catch by any means. Uh, I probably couldn't make that catch, but, it, you know, it wasn't an easy catch. But for, you know, this pro that Cooper Cup is, you, you'd like to think he'd make that catch, you know? And I feel like before this injury, I'd be 100% confident that he makes that catch. Yeah, it's <laughs> a quarterback who makes like $50 million a year or whatever it is should be able to make a better throw there. And a wide yes. receiver who makes like $25 million or whatever it is should be able to catch the wonky pass there. Um, so I, I think I agree with you. I would be more inclined to blame Stafford for the throw than Cup for not being able to come up with it. But like... Yeah, for for the amount of money he's making, that's that's a play that guy should be coming up with. But I I don't know I I think I'm more, well he might not even play this week Cooper Cup. I, I I'm not as inclined to say that he's lost a step yet because Stafford's been a little shakier than in the past. But if you wanted to make that case, it's it's certainly a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, hoping that uh, despite, you know, my kind of skepticism that I, I've seen recently, I still think Cup is a quality player. I think the Rams are still a better team with him rather than without him. So I do hope that he is on the field against the Cardinals, but it's the Cardinals. So if there is any doubt that he can, or if there's any, you know, indication that he could have a setback, uh, sit him. It, it's the Cardinals. Yeah. Sit him. Hey, I mean, the offense uh, is more interesting for some reason when he's not out there. Uh, I don't understand it. Big. Get Demarcus Robinson out there. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a lateral ankle sprain for Cooper Cup. If you didn't see, uh, McVay said it'll be day to say day to day. It was just a lateral ankle sprain, so that was positive news for us. I know he's going to do everything in his power. But I think it's definitely favorable where that's a real possibility that he would be available. It's not some not something where you're saying he's definitely going to be out this week, but you want to see the functionality. So, yeah, I mean, unless he's 110%, you, you don't play him. Yeah. Big day for fans of the Zebras, Johnny. 21 <laughs> penalties for a 220 penalty yards this was truly like an insane referee game and I would say one where even though the Rams had nine penalties for 92 yards still got the better end of the deal here uh I mean the they called that pass interference in the end so when Buganagu just tripped uh so it was definitely bad calls on both ends and Y'all know me. I am not a complaining about the refs guy. 
uh, and especially not going to do it here because it was just an abysmal referee day all around. I, I think we should get a, a Saints fan in on this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. In, in this game, Johnny, um, want to call this out, trying to pull up the box score. Where did it go? Daryl Henderson was targeted seven times, had four catches for 28 yards, uh, although his six carries amounted for one yard and a touchdown. But he was cut today. Uh, recording this Tuesday, should be coming out Wednesday. The Rams waived Daryl Henderson as they are expecting to get Kyron Williams back from the IR this week. Royce Freeman in this game ran well, I would say, 17 carries for for 73 yards, you know, came came up short at, at some points, but I would say overall a, a good game for him. And Zach Evans, one carry for zero yards in this game, still sticking around. I like I, I'm not gonna lose any sleep about them cutting Daryl Henderson, but if they get him back on the practice squad, I, I'd be happy about it. Was yeah, I I think. I think that Daryl Henderson is going to end up on the practice squad. Oh, okay. So they did sign Henderson to the active roster recently. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I think he would. I don't really know if he played well enough to get a roster spot on somebody else's roster, but I'm happy to have him sticking around. Good for Royce Freeman. I was, I'm happy for yeah. him that he... You know, it seems like he should be sticking around the NFL a bit. And while he ran admirably in this game, I I can't wait to see Kyron Williams back. We need him. Yeah. We need him, man. Another another player I want to talk about, Johnny. And it's it's not as fun before we get to the Cardinals. Was was there anything else specifically about this game, or uh, you know, I don't really think we need to relitigate the throwing the ball on the goal line unless you want to. Nah, nah. I think uh, I think we pretty much covered everything. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So, and let me look this up because I want to get the numbers right. But while our, our pal Les Need has been been a, a, a very good borderline great general manager during his time here I'm sure some people are like how is he not great he probably is he has made some bizarre contract extensions and as you know <laughs> dating back to the Fisher years including Jeff Fisher himself who got a wild contract extension like two months before he got fired um but there will be times when like you extend somebody for kind of what feels like no reason and I don't remember what we said about the Tyler Higby contract when we extended him uh I'm assuming it was a lot of indifference but after week three the Rams extended Tyler Higby uh to a base value of 27 million dollars over two years 17 million dollars guaranteed uh he can make up to 30 million dollars with incentives that i damn well i'm sure he ain't going to reach unless it's just being on the field uh and he has been i would say in a year where the rams are trotting out like guys who might not be in the nfl in two years Maybe one of the worst players on the team. Is that dramatic to say? A little bit. Maybe a little. Uh, But has been, like, bad. Like, I don't think saying just, like, straight up bad is dramatic. Uh, This week was a low point. Uh, It was a really bad game for him. And in a league where there's, you know, not a ton of, tight ends available you lock up Tyler Higby who and I think this is more or less what I said at the time is like fine um and in league average tight end out of starters but you didn't have to extend him and now you're stuck with him you don't have the option to move on in a, a year coming up where you're not going to have a lot of cap space uh, if this guy is well and truly cooked, you can't cut him next year because you save, you you lose money. Um, after next year, you could cut him, eat $4 million in dead cap, and save $5 million. So it's not the end of the world. But, like, that money wouldn't be bad to have on the table next year. And we're just going to be 
trotting out $11 million, $11.5 million to Tyler Higby, who really, like, I, I don't know, he's he seems like he might be going on just straight up cooked. I think the overall value in Higby is his blocking capability. But he wasn't even blocking good this week. No, he wasn't. But at the same time, it's, I, I think it's just a guy that uh, both, Sean McVay and Les Snead really trust. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I guess if you really want a safe option at tight end, that's him instead of, you know, drafting a tight end uh, because clearly that hasn't worked out for us either. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure why this extension needed to happen. And, you know, it's not even so much that I mind that the Rams extend him. I mind how much they extended him because they're paying him, you know, top-tier tight end money, and he's definitely not a top-tier tight end. Yeah, well, so I'm I'm looking up tight end salaries, and this will make you feel a little better. Now, he is the ninth highest-paid tight end in the league. Uh, which is insane. Uh, Johnny, the top four tight end, top top five tight ends. Uh, number one is George Kittle. Number two is Mark Andrews. Number four is Travis Kelsey, which has got to be some wizard math. Number five is Darren Waller. Yes. Who do you think? Who do you think is number three? Who do you think is the third highest paid tight end in the NFL? Three. Um. Interesting. I'll give you a hint. He plays special teams. Special teams. Uh, Janu? Janu Smith? No, Johnny. Taysom Mill. $15.7 million a year. That's kind of... That's kind of... uh, He's just such a bizarre... Like, I don't even know what you call him. He's... He's not a tight end. And he's not worth $15.7 million. Oh, oh, man. Well, there's a reason why the Saints are in capped hell every year, and that's part of it. Yeah, but if you look at the guys uh, behind Tyler Higby at $11.6 million, you've got Cole Komet, CJ Uzoma, Kyle Pitts, who's on a rookie deal, I think. Will Disley, Hayden yes. Hurst, David Njoku, Dallas Goddard, who's an outlier there, Tyler Conklin, Jonu Smith, Logan Thomas. So, like, a lot of those guys aren't good. But when you have so many needs, and if if Tyler Higby was playing like he was at his peak, $11 million is fine, I guess. But, like, the way he's playing, it, it it's tough. And it's not the end of the world. I don't know. What? What? Yeah, I. It, it really doesn't make sense still. Even though he may not be in the top five in paid tight ends, you still don't feel good about him being paid in the top ten. 
and, and well, it's just one of those things where like you didn't have to do this, and you didn't really learn your lesson. I I get it. It's like you don't want somebody else to poach him, but who's poaching him? Um, and this is you know we've less less need is done something like this where you extend somebody for no reason and it just ages like milk uh we did it with tape on austin we did it with al gogletree we did it with the, the biggest example is todd Gurley, who while at the time of signing his contract was worth the money we didn't need to sign him to that extension when we did uh and i think that was a big issue of it but this one, I don't know. Not not even close to the worst contract section less than you just had, though. What would you say was the silliest contract extension the Rams have made since they've had less need? Uh, I honestly, I'm not even sure. Uh, I, yeah, I. <laughs> yeah, you you kind of stumped me there, Steve. For me, I think it is uh, easily the Tavon Austin contract. I don't even think it's close. Yeah, I I pulled up the Reddit thread on NFL. Um, about the extension, it was four years, forty-two million dollars. $30 million guaranteed. And the top comment is, this is straight from the Eric Fisher school of, pay them how much you wish they were worth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was so many bad... And actually, yes, this would be under less need as well. Um, Nick Foles. Nick Foles, yeah, that's my number two. Nick Foles, the contract... Um, the contract itself, I don't think was like horrible, but he didn't even play a fucking snap yet when the no. Rams gave him a, a two years, $24 million extension, uh, which was so crazy. Like he had not taken a snap and I, I don't, I don't know if that was, that'd be number two, but the Tavon Austin was like. Nick Nick Foles at least is such a like a wild like outlier in the history of the sport, and this is post what twenty eight touchdowns, two interceptions, Nick Foles, but pre Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles, he was not he was a big question mark, but you know you're betting on getting that guy back with Tavon Austin, like we had about four years of knowing exactly who he was, which was a like glorified gadget player uh, who, if he got the ball in the open field, was dangerous, but it was very hard to get in the ball in the open field because he couldn't get open. Like, it, that was a, like, just an unbelievable fucking, like, bizarre contract. At least, like, with Todd Gurley and to a much lesser extent, the Jared Goff extension those guys were coming off incredible seasons. Yes. I, I'm going to, I think what, I think what hurts most about Tavon Austin is it's like we got ripped off twice. 
and we did it to ourselves. You know, the fact that the Rams traded up to get Tavon Austin and then had the audacity to sign him to a ridiculous extension. And mind you, are there worse contract extensions? Yeah, I'm sure there are, but considering... I don't know. I don't know if there are. This was one of the worst contract extensions I think of all time. It it was up there, for sure. How many... It was certainly up there, and... uh, (laughs) He had played... he had played three seasons. Uh, they they signed him right before the 2016 season. In three years, he played uh, 44 games. How many? I'll even give you this. How many total yards do you think he had? Over like, <laughs> I don't even want to give you an over under. I want you to just guess. I will say like 400. Well, I mean, dude, if, if they sign him to an extension after 400 total yards in three years, that would have been a fireable offense. It was uh, 1,900. 1,100 oh. receiving yards and 800 rushing yards. I think I think I, missed, I, I thought I thought you were saying how much he how many yards he got after his extension. <laughs> you're, uh, you're not far off. Um, he had about 900 total yards after the extension, 550 oh, rushing. More than I would have thought. Well, <laughs> but yeah, I guess. Uh, well, he had he had two <laughs> in McVay's first year. He had 270 rushing yards and 47 receiving yards. Because I don't know if you remember this, they made him the backup running back. That one. Oh, year, that's right. Because because we, we've we've <laughs> talked we talked about this a lot before Tutu Atwell this year where it was like they drafted him to be what Tavon Austin actually was, but Sean McVay had Tavon Austin on his roster and made him a running back. Uh, so it weird. We this is classic behavior. Uh, after Rams when we talk about Tavon Austin for ten minutes. <laughs> Let's talk about the Cardinals, man. Uh, the Rams, I don't think the Rams are heavy favorites going into this Cardinals game. Let me pull up the line for you here, the Cardinals, if you haven't been following them. First of all, congratulations. Second of all, uh, they're 2-9. and nine. We beat them pretty handedly earlier in the year. The Rams now, <laughs> I think by the time of kickoff, in the Rams-Seahawks game, the Rams were minus two at home. And going on the road against the Cardinals, they're also minus two. Which is so crazy that it's the same line favoring the Rams against the Seahawks that is against the Cardinals. Uh, But here we are, the Cardinals admittedly a tougher out with Kyler Murray back at quarterback. No disrespect to Josh Dobbs. Uh, but he came back. They beat the Falcons immediately, who, as you all know, I think are just bad, uh, and then almost beat the Texans. So, admittedly, self-inflicted wounds by the Texans. C.J. Stroud had three interceptions, which is really out of character for him. 
How are you feeling entering this Cardinals game? It's on the road. We're coming off a win. It has all the makings of a trap game. It's in the NFC West, but we're just, we're a better team. And I don't know. Like, I don't think we will lose, but <laughs> it just feels like the kind of game we lose. Would it surprise me? No, but, um, and, and to tell you the truth, I might actually buy into the idea that the Cardinals will win this game if Kyler Murray didn't have a history of struggling against the Rams also, you know, um, he's, and and to be fair, he's had a a few games where he he looked pretty, uh, you know, pretty strong, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't imagine that this, this is the game where, Kyler Murray is going to go all out, have, you know, over like 300 yards passing. I'd like to think that because he's a fan, he's on my fantasy team, but uh, I would prefer the Rams to win. I would prefer the Rams to win too. And I don't know. I, I think they will. But like Car- Kyler in theory, the kind of quarterback that gives us fits, I don't know. We we beat the Cardinals by we beat them twenty six to nine the last time we played. Is is Kyler Murray enough to to swing that many points? I don't think so. Um, this was Cooper Cup's best game of the year, so if if he can play, that'd be pretty pretty big deal. But oh my god. <sighs> The Cardinals are so boring. I'm I'm yawning talking about them. <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> it's like we're just waiting to see if Kyler Murray's good enough to make them justify not drafting quarterback. They have the second pick right now. So I don't think they want to win this game. But <laughs> I think the players do. I still think the Rams will take care of business. I I don't know. I, I don't believe in the Cardinals. I'll go Rams 22 to 13. Yeah, I I have the Rams winning also. Uh, I'm going to say, um, I'll say 20 to, I'll say 20 to 10. 20 to 10. 20 to 10. 20 to 10. Uh, Lucas Haversick made a game-winning field goal, so shout-out to him. I texted Johnny right as we were driving on that last drive. I was like, uh, (laughs) this feels like the kind of game where the Rams will lose on a missed field goal. And it was the other way around, which was great. That felt great. I've never been so happy for Steve to be wrong. (laughs) All right, man. Well, I... My body just started telling me that it's 10 o'clock here on the East Coast. So it seems like I'm shutting down. Any parting thoughts before we wrap here? Uh, Just, uh, yeah, go Rams. Go Rams. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope we come through. We'll talk to you guys next week. Take care.